Our text today, we will continue in the book of Amos. As I said last time I was up here, I enjoyed it so much and found so much excitement in it. I hope to share that excitement. I pray that you too see the excitement and gain the excitement that I have from reading and learning more of our Lord through His Scriptures. Today, we will see the judgment on nations around Israel and Judah. Our text is Amos 1-3 through 2-3. Now as I was saying, we will see the judgment on the nations around Israel and Judah. And we will see the sins that those nations have committed. We will see kings cut down, people put into exile, and countries and cities destroyed by fire sent by the Lord. The Bible tells us that not everything that happened or everything the Lord said is recorded. But we know that what is recorded is meant for us to tell us what we are to believe concerning God and what duty God requires of man. And as we read this text, we will see why this text is recorded and what the benefit it has for us of today and for all mankind throughout all the ages. But there's only one way for us to see that. So let's get to it and read the text. Starting in Amos 1, verse 3. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Damascus and for four I will not revoke the punishment, because they have thrashed Gilead with threshing sleds of iron. So I will send a fire upon the house of Hazel, and it shall devour the strongholds of Ben-Hadad. I will break the gate bar of Damascus and cut off the inhabitants from the valley of Avon and him who holds the scepter from Beth Eden. And the people of Syria shall go into exile to Kerr, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Gaza and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because they have carried into exile a whole people to deliver them up to Edom. So I will send a fire upon the wall of Gaza, and it shall devour her strongholds. I will cut off the inhabitants from Ashdod, and him who holds the scepter from Ashkelon. I will turn my hand against Ekron, and the remnants of the Philistines shall perish, says the Lord God. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Tyra and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because they delivered up a whole people to Edom, and did not remember the covenant of brotherhood. So I will send a fire upon the wall of Tyra, and it shall devour her strongholds. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Edom and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because he pursued his brother with the sword and cast off all pity. And his anger tore perpetually, and he kept his wrath forever. So I will send a fire upon Teman, 
and it shall devour the strongholds of Basra. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of the Ammonites, and for four I will not revoke the punishment, because they have ripped open pregnant women in Gilead, that they might enlarge their border. So I will send a fire in the wall of Weber, and it shall devour her strongholds with shouting on the day of battle, with a tempest in the day of the whirlwind. And their king shall go into exile, he and his princes together, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Moab and for four I will not revoke the punishment because he bound to lime the bones of the king of Edom. So I will send a fire upon Moab, Moab and it shall devour the strongholds of Kiriath and Moab shall die amid uproar, amid shouting and the sound of the trumpet. I will cut off the war from his midst and I will kill all his princes with him, says the Lord. And thus ends the reading of God's holy word. May his eternal truth rest on our hearts. Lord Almighty, we come before you to worship, to learn from your holy word. Lord, we give you thanks for your word. Lord, we pray for the preaching and the hearing of your word. May it be edifying for your people and for your church. Lord, I pray that I may decrease where you would increase. That your word and your word alone would be spoken today. And all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This past week, during uh, some of my downtimes, I like to watch videos on YouTube, mostly cooking videos or fishing videos. But every now and then I come across uh, some of the videos about the Navy and uh, the Coast Guard whenever they're uh, combating enemy ships and on our waters and stuff. And this last one I was watching was either the Navy or the Coast Guard. I'm not honestly sure, but they was combating this small power ship and looked like a toy compared to the Navy vessel. And it was smuggling some illegal contraband. I'm not sure anything from drugs to sugar could have been on it. That would have been illegal. And yes, sugar is a bad product to bring into the U.S. if it comes from a country that we don't legally import and export from. So it's just as illegal as heroin or any other thing that they might bring into our territory. But in the video, the Navy ship, they were speaking over the loud, a verbal warning to them. And the gunner, what it seemed like, was making a circle around the ship. The ship wasn't moving, but you could tell the engine room from the water being up. And you could just see the strains of bullets just making the water splash a circle around that power ship. And they was basically saying, in short, either surrender or die. It was your, your only two choices for that power ship. And that is what we will see today in our text. 
is that there is no escape from the Lord. So draw near to Him, for there is no escape from our Lord. All these countries and cities that we read in our text from Syria, Moab, Gaza, Tyre, Edom, and Aram are surrounding Israel. And if you look at the map, you have Tyre up here on the coastline, you have Gaza down here, and you have all the other cities going around. And if you could picture a shooting target that you would uh, sight in a scope with or a rifle, and you have the little black circle that bullseye, and you have a bigger circle that's red, that's also considered bullseye, that means you're in a killing zone. Well, that black bullseye in the book of Amos would be Israel. The bigger one, the bigger circle, but not yet that big, would be Judah. And then the surrounding circle would be all these nation, nations just mentioned, all the people. And as you see God doing in the book of Amos, is that he's surrounding Israel and Judah. As he's passing judgment on all these other nations before he gets to Israel and Judah. And in a way, he's warning Israel and Judah. Judgment is coming. And as we see through our text today that there is no escape from the Lord, we see two reasons behind that. One, because the Lord has spoken. And second, because the people have committed three transgressions and four. And we will get to that a little bit later on. But first, we see these four little words. Thus says the Lord. And I don't, I don't know about y'all, but every time I hear those words, it kind of sends a little shiver down my spine. You know? <clears throat> and when you hear or see those words, you know the, thing, the next thing coming is supreme and binding, eternal. And we know, now we know from 2 Timothy that all Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good walk. The words here, thus says the Lord, does not mean that the words before or the words after are any more or any less important. For every word is breathed from our Lord Almighty, and every word holds important, and man is to live off of every word of the Lord. And just like you may think of a, a meal, a balanced meal, you have your meat, your potatoes, or your starch, and your vegetables, even sweets are good for the body. Well, the main course here today for us, per se, is these four words, thus says the Lord. Throughout the text before us, it says it ten times, says the Lord. Throughout the book of Amos, it's over 50 times in it. Thus says the Lord. Such a small phrase, but yet, you know once you hear it, the words that come after it, supreme, and Almighty. Our Lord is not like us, 
not changing like we are. Our minds doesn't change. As I wrote this psalm and, and came about, I can't tell you how many times I went back and changed something. But uh, the Lord is not like us, and so thankful we are that He's not. For we would not want to worship a Lord that changed His mind, but our Lord is unchangeable. Once He speaks, it is and shall ever be. God is sovereign over all nations. And all the people are without excuse for sin. God has made himself known throughout creation. A Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter 1, well, yeah, chapter 1, paragraph 1. Although the light, all through the light of nature and the walks of creation and providence do so far manifest the goodness, wisdom, and power of God as to leave men unexcusable. Besides the light of nature, we know throughout the Scriptures that these surrounding nations knew of God, knew His deeds, knew that He passed the war down to His people for the world to benefit from and for the world to know Him. In Joshua 6, before that Israel became a kingdom, the people in Jericho have heard of the power of God, the wonders that He plagued Egypt with. And by this time in Amos, King David and King Solomon, Israel, two most famous kings, are long past dead. But remember Solomon, every nation came to show respect to him. And even during the time of Amos, we know that nations came and showed respect and paid tribute to Israel and to Judah. So we know that the nations surrounding them have heard of God, heard of His word and know of His law. By the time we get to Christ, we see Gentiles following the law of God more than the Jews. Luke 7, you remember the centurion in which Jesus spoke of, saying, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. It would be irrational for us to think that these countries surrounding Israel had no knowledge of the God of Israel, of our Lord Yahweh. There was no excuse for the sins the nations have committed. And so God will judge them just as He will judge all living and dead. Because our God is sovereign over all creation. He is the judge of all creation. The other nations here, they was not worried about God's judgment. They was not worried about anything the water the Lord had. They thought their gods would protect them. Though if they would have been a student of history, they would have seen that our Lord wins every time. And many people in our world today are like these surrounding nations we read of. Or maybe it would be a better way to apply it as the people that we read of, these surrounding nations, are the people surrounding the church today.
They know of God. They know He sent down His Lord to teach us what we ought to believe concerning Him and what duty God requires of us. But they have chosen not to listen. They say it's not their culture, that that's not my God, that it won't affect me. They'll mock the Word of God and cling to their higher criticism in human reasoning. But there's no excuse for not worshiping and giving all glory to God. I don't care how many times a person says that God isn't true or they don't believe in the Bible. Human words are worthless. Our words change and we change. But once God has spoken, that's it. There's no if, there's no ands, and there's no buts. He is sovereign and His word is sovereign. So when you hear and you read them words, thus says the Lord, you know that everything He says will come to pass. That He has sent His word and He has promised to judge the living and the dead. The question for us is what will your judgment be? Believe in the Word of God for the Lord has spoken and because He has spoken it will come to pass. We as humans are led astray by so many things. Worries and anxieties can actually cause us physical death. The ones faithful to the Lord during the time of Amos, um, you have to believe that they was wondering about these other nations and the evil going on within their own nation. For some, this oracle, this prophecy from Amos was an answer to prayers. And for others, probably terrified the living life out of them. For as the Apostle Paul says in Romans 1, the lost knew the truth, but exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and solved the creature rather than the Creator. Some of you may have worries now, wondering why does God allow such things to occur. Our text tells us in Amos 1.13 that the Ammonites whipped open pregnant women in Gilead. Now you may say that this kind of thing doesn't happen around here anymore and that this type of evil is past. You'd be wrong. I, I know you'd be wrong. On December 29th, 2020, 27 days ago, 41 miles, driving miles from where we are right now in Wendell Presbyterian Church in Canton, Mississippi, an eight-month-old, well, an eight-month pregnant woman, a man and a one-year-old girl was all shot in the head. The man, the woman, and the unborn baby pronounced dead at the scene. The one-year-old girl was taken to the hospital with no further updates. In India, not too long before that, in September 2020, 
A husband cut open his wife's baby to cut open the stomach just so he could get his son a little bit faster and the baby died also. So do not think that the evils that we read about in the Bible are over. They are alive, happening in our very neighborhoods right down the road from us. Evil is all around us. We live in a world affected and affected by sin. And man's thoughts are evil from his youth. For we are born in a sin. So now that you know that the evil that happened in our passage happened right down the road from us, don't worry about it. Don't let it bother you. Don't let it build up worries and anxieties in you. Protect yourself, of course. God has given you the means to do so. But doing all of it, when you think of protecting yourself and the worries that come along, give them worries over to God. Do what you can through the means He has given you and rest in assurance that God has taken care of the rest. Too often we put our things or put trust in other things, material things. And by material things here, I even mean us creatures. We was created out of nothing, but we was created. Many people put their trust in other people. And I'm not telling you not to do that. Don't leave here saying that I told you not to put your trust in nobody. Because it's recorded. We can go back and watch it. (laughs) I'm not telling you not to trust anybody. But there are so many times that we let each other down for no reason or fault of our own. But we are man keen to error living in a fallen world. And there are so many illustrations that we could put in to show that. Say that you may have needed something at one day, your car broke down and you call someone, but they may have left their phone at the house and they don't have it. There's nothing that they could have done. There's no reason for you to be mad at them and you wouldn't be and them not upset either because it is something that's out of our control. But there is nothing, nothing out of our Lord's control. And in another way we could think of this is as the people of Israel, they relied on their king and their armies to protect them. We may think of relying on law enforcement. And we should rely on our law enforcement and as we pray for them because they protect us. But as everything else on this earth, they are human. And human is king to error. And they cannot be at every place at every given time. But our Lord is omnipresent. He is everywhere, in control of everything at every time. So do what you can with the means that God has given you. But give all ways over to God. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will follow. The Lord has pronounced His judgment. He has spoken. 
Rest in the supreme words. Thus says the Lord. He has promised to judge the living and the dead. And because he has spoken it shall come to pass. Romans 6 tells us that the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Trust in His promises. Trust in the Word of God. For He has promised. The question that I spoke of earlier for everyone to think of is when judgment comes, where is your judgment? Where you can rest and have assurance that by the grace of God alone and through faith alone in Christ alone, you are saved and will be with your heavenly Father. Even with the horrible sins we see in this passage and so many more that we could think of within seconds, even with all of it, there's no reason to worry. For our Lord is in control. He has promised to punish evil. Give vengeance over to our Lord. Many people today though still don't believe that as they read through the scriptures that people are worthy of eternal punishment. Now why would God punish someone eternally for what he does on earth within maybe a hundred years? Well, as we think about this, our Lord has something to say about it. And he has an answer to your question. So if you ever wondered why the Lord gives eternal punishment, read the word of our Lord and he answers that question. And that leads us to our next point. For three transgressions and for four I will not revoke the punishment. Before we dive into the text here and in this literary device, let us take a time to consider numbers in scriptures. There's no doubt that numbers in scripture are important and play a vital role in communicating God's message. Think of, think of Proverbs 6, 16. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven which are abomination to Him. Are there more than six sins in the world? Are there more than seven? There are more than six things that God hates. More than six sins that are abomination from Him. We do Deuteronomy 9. No, Deuteronomy 18, verse 9 through 15, and there's nine right there that the Lord says are abomination for Him. Or abomination to Him. Or think of the 144,000 in Revelation 14. Genesis 15, God tells Abraham, if you can count the stars, that's how many your offspring shall be. And today, with the technology, we have counted some of the stars. Nowhere near close to counting all of them. And scientists will admit that. that they, they will admit that they cannot. And they will tell you they cannot count all of them. But we know and they have counted more than 144,000. So as we look at this. For three transgressions and for four I will not revoke the punishment. 
The formula here, 3 plus 4, is a literary device used in the book of Amos. And he repeats it eight times throughout his book. Every nation that mentioned is guilty of three transgressions and for four. Even Judah and Israel. And we see with this literary device that there are two things being represented with the phrase for three and for four. And as we look to it, three and four, this literary device, theologians have two main theories on it or behind the repetition of three and four. Both have the same outcome. As you'll see on the screen, three plus four equals seven, which we know is has a significant biblical representation of completion. And we know where it came from and how, from Genesis 2-2. And on the seventh day, God finished His walk that He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His walk that He has done. So 3 plus 4 equals 7, the completion, the completion of sins, that the people have completed their sins. The second view is 3 plus one more, which would equal four, represents the completion of God's plan. So either one you look at, we see in what the repetition is telling us in this passage. But for, four, for three transgressions and for four I will not revoke the punishment. We see that the sins of the people are at a completion. That they have been given their chances and they have sinned and sinned and sinned some more. So either way, the sins of the people are so great, complete, that it now requires judgment to be passed and the evil to be punished. God does everything in His timing. God is all-knowing and His timing is perfect. As I've said some people believe that the judgment is too much for the people here. That eternal punishment is too much for us. But our Lord is eternal. So every sin that we commit, committed to Him, is an eternal sin. It is something that slaps Him in the face eternally because we go against our Lord. The Lord has, who has provided everything for us created everything, knows everything, and we turn away and say, no you don't, we know better. That is sin. Turning away from God and saying that we know better, that humanity knows better. And as we can see throughout history, we do not know better. By a long shot, we do not know better at all. Think about the court system here in America which I like to uh, illustrate it with baseball. Three strikes, you're out. You have completed the number of times allowed. And now, after three strikes, you're a felon. And your rights are stripped away. But there is a fatal error in our court system. The error that plays 
everything we do. And that is because it is our court system. Because we are the judges, we are the jury, we are the lawyers, we are the guilty and the innocent. And that is a problem. Because it is our court system, we came up with it and not the Lord. And so we see, as I'm sure they did, as they did in the time of Amos, because of mankind's error, we see evil being paraded, celebrated, made legal throughout the land, which causes more and more people to fall prey to the evil. But take comfort and find your rest in the Lord. Look away from the evil for our Lord has promised for three transgressions and for four that He will not revoke His punishment. When the sins of the world are completed, God will come to judge the living and the dead. It is not our job to judge when those sins are completed. Or would you like a human to judge when your sins are completed? I wouldn't. And I see a couple of your head went quick. No, 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 no. <laughs> I wouldn't either. Not at all. But find your rest in the Lord. For our Lord God is a merciful judge. Cast off your worries of the world. Do not worry when the sins will be completed. For that is in the Lord's time. And in the fullness of time, He will come. For there is no escape from God's judgment because the Lord has spoken and the sins of the people are completed. So find your rest in the Lord for He has spoken and sent His Son, O Lord Jesus Christ, for those who are saved will be judged righteous only because of Christ and nothing that we have done. But by faith in our Lord, on that final judgment day, we can be judged righteous in the sight because of Christ, because we are looked upon through Christ's life and not our own. I ask you though, is that, do we dissolve for, for our sins to be completed before judgment is passed? Do we dissolve to be allowed to continue to sin on and on until the completion is so much that it requires judgment right away? Well, as for most questions, the Bible has an answer for that. And as we look, Romans 6, 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And this shows us the second thing that we glean from 3 and 4. And that our Lord is a merciful judge. After the very first sin, we dissolve death. When Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Death entered the world. From that very bite, they became spiritually dead. 
But God being merciful prolonged their physical death and gave them a way back to spiritual life through His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. From the very bite, humanity could have been wiped out. Because that's what we deserve. We all come from Adam and Eve. And from that very bite, bite, they deserve both immediate physical and spiritual death. As from every sin we commit, from the very first one as when we are babes, we dissolve spiritual and physical death and no more. But our Lord is a merciful God. In our mind, we may think that sins of the wicked nations dissolve to be wiped out. And you'd be right in thinking that. You'd be right in thinking that the evil of Today in the evil of the day in Amos, Amos dissolves total elimination and you would be right. But the same is true for you and you and me and everyone else. That we dissolved to be wiped out. For our God is eternal. So when we commit sins, it is a eternal sin to our Lord. Our eternal offense to our Lord. The very fact that we are alive, the very fact that we are here today learning from this world, this holy world of our Lord, shows the mercy of our Lord. For we have committed more than four sins. We do not dissolve the grace that God shows to us. All goodness is from God's grace. And none of it is merited. None of humanity dissolves any of God's goodness. But because our God is merciful, we see that. And those who are saved by God's grace through faith alone and Christ alone, we see that we will see the opposite of what we dissolve. We, because we dissolve death, but we receive life through Christ. Think about it. You would give a Christmas gift. The receivers have done nothing in particular to give it, but out of the goodness of God that's shown that He gives in you and He shows through you, that is shown through you, we give. And think about Maybe this. Have anyone ever been pulled over for speeding? I, I personally have. And the police officer came up to my window, the normal chit chat, license, registration, but decides to let me go off with a warning. Even though I dissolved the ticket. And that is in a such a small scale compared to what our Lord does for us. Because He gives us life where we have owned death. So make no mistake, we have all owned a one-way ticket to hell and damnation. But our Lord is a merciful God abounding in grace and steadfast love. Rest in our Lord. Rest, for He is our salvation.
Jesus the Christ lowered Himself from His heavenly throne to be born of a woman under the law so He would fulfill the law, taking on all punishment that we have owned and that we dissolved for the sins that we commit. But by the blood of Christ, we are justified. So on judgment day, by the grace of God alone, through faith alone and Christ alone, for what Christ alone has done, by trusting in Him and faith in Christ, you are judged righteous, innocent in the sight of the Lord. For He looks upon you not through your own life, but through Christ's life. Through you being washed in the blood of Christ. So rest in the Lord and turn to Him. No matter your position in life, no matter what you have done, turn to Christ, for our Lord is merciful. And as we leave here today, we come to the end of the preaching of the Word of God until the end of our worship service. And as you leave and go on throughout your day, let the Lord be your walk, your refuge. Let Him be your salvation. Draw near to the Lord our God, for there is no escape from our Lord. For our Lord has spoken, and when, earth, when the sins of the earth is at completion, our Lord Christ will come again to judge the quick and the dead. So draw near to the Lord, for there is no escape from God's judgment. Rest in our Lord and in every word that He has spoken to us. Do not worry about the evil around you, but rest in the grace of God our Lord. For by God's grace, through faith in Christ alone, we may be judged righteous on that final judgment day. Our Heavenly Father, we come to You. We thank You for Your Word, O Lord. How gracious You are to give it to us that we may come here and worship and learn of You. O Lord, we thank You for the benefits that we gain from consuming every word You have spoken to us. More the nutrients we gain from you, Lord, more than any bread can bring us. Lord, may this day as we leave out here continue to be a blessing from you and let us find our rest in you. Amen.